All right, and we will start in five, four, three. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is your boy, Isaac. And this is your boy, Bryce. And we are Brothers on Tennis. And folks, we're coming at you again with the Spotlight Series for Miss Maxie Duncan. And Bryce, we've got somebody on here that kind of knows her a little bit, <laughs> right? Right, And right. Uh, man, this brother, of course, we know him, we love him. And uh, I'll, I'll just go ahead and let you let you kick it off, brother. Yeah, we are very excited today to be joined by Mr. Marty Woods, um, maybe better known as the executive director of the Pete uh, Brown Jr. Tennis Program. Uh, look, I'm, I'm going to just throw this out here real quick on this man, because me and Isaac and Chet, we laugh about this all the time. Whenever we're at a tournament, you know, whether it's a professional tournament, one of these little satellite tournaments, whatever. We meet people that know Marty Woods. Everybody and know Marty. Everybody knows this guy. And so if you don't know who this gentleman is, we're going to introduce you to him today. Um, you know, player, coach, uh, entrepreneur, uh, a proponent for really getting the game of tennis out in the community. LA based, you know, we welcome you, Marty. Come on up and tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Excellent. I really appreciate the introduction, but um, I kind of really got a passion for this whole thing because um, I'm kind of a, a product of the community. Um, I named my organization after my mentor, Pete Brown, um, who was a staple in the community for over 50 years, um, was at the forefront of helping uh, some of the best black players in the past get to the level that, that they thought they could get to. And then, of course, mentored me and brought me into his safe haven. And I was able to get a tennis scholarship um, and I was able to do some some really out the box things because of the relationship I had with Pete. So um, Pete passed away in 2009. So I decided to create the Pete Brown Jr. Tennis Program to, of course, keep his legacy alive in that same community. And now we're in 2022 and look where we are today. So it's just been a great journey. So I'm, ple I'm pleased to be here. Thanks, guys, for having me. Thanks a lot. Uh, the pleasure is all ours, Marty. And uh, basically, you know, we are doing the spotlight series on someone you know very, very well, Miss Maxie Duncan. And so we just kind of wanted you to bring you on here because we're going to have to have another session with all of your history. So folks just know that another <laughs> session with Marty Wood will be coming. But for this particular session, uh, we just kind of want to get some background from you as it relates to Maxie. I mean, you saw her growing up you've seen her tennis career kind of grow and prosper and we'd like for you to kind of share some of your some of your insights into kind of when you met Maxie and 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 that journey that she is on well you know I, I appreciate this because it, it's it's kind of funny I'd met Maxie when she was about seven or eight years old and this was a long time ago Maxie was a, a long she had long legs she had long arms so the first time I saw her, I said, OK, this young lady has the body of a play of a player that can develop into a player. And of course, after I met her father, that's when I said, OK, this could happen, because as soon as I saw her father, I knew he, he stood about six feet four, six feet five, um, super athletic. 
um, and I knew the DNA was there. Um, so that's what kind of first gave me my first inkling of her. Um, of course, um, Gerald was really, really smart and savvy. Um, he made sure that, that Maxie um, not only got to me, but got to some of the better pros or the better coaches to start her foundation because he knew how critical it was for her to get a really good, really, really good foundation to build off of, you know? Um, so he went out and he looked for the best coaches similar to the King Richard story. That's a, we will talk about that later, but, but he, he did some clever uh, sourcing is what I, what I can say. And he found the best guys to really create that early foundation for her. Um, and of course, I tagged along and made sure he that I guided him in the right way, make sure that he met the right people or the right folks and kind of was there to kind of guide him. So, so it was, it was great. So a question I have for you is through your Pete Brown junior tennis program, I'm sure you see a lot of promising players come through there. What made Maxie a little different from the group of players you typically saw? Well, first of all, when I met him, you know, I was getting a, a tons of calls from Gerald. So I invited him up to the tennis club uh, in the Valley here, um, Reseda, and said, Let, let's, let's meet. And that's when I, I, I first saw her. And then, so what I did was I had a really good younger player there to kind of spar with Maxie to see, you know, what, what you know, if she was a competitor, um, if, if she was just going to kind of roll over to see, you know, how her movement was. And let me tell you, this girl, this girl who I teamed her up with was really good. She was one of the top ranked juniors and Maxie competed very well. Maxie almost beat her. She didn't win, but she competed so well where I was, I was blown away. Um, not only did she have hand, the hand eye coordination to develop, um, she had the movement. Um, she had the length that I knew that, that. I knew was going to develop into something like it is now. Um, and she had a savvy father who, who I thought was, was pretty, he had a lot of energy and had a lot of determination to get her where she needed to go. So that's kind of the formula I look for. Um, so she kind of checked all those boxes. So. Nice. And Marty, we know that you actually play. So, was there a time when you actually got on the court with her and, 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 and exchanged some strokes? And, and it, did that also kind of, I guess, kind of aid in your, your forethought about her and where, what her potential was or would be? Of course, yes. And that's just to take a step back. That's kind of how Pete brought me back into the program. When Pete started slowing up a bit, he would have me come and hit with the high performance kids there and the high performance juniors. That's kind of how I started a relationship with all, with a lot of these parents and a lot of these younger, younger juniors. So I would hit with them, uh, play them sets. And of course, uh, that's the same thing happened with Maxie. Um, she was able to, to, I had a, back in the day, I had a decent serve that a lot of folks couldn't get to. It was kind of a, a, a spin kick serve. And the second or third couple of times, um, she was able to kind of get there and kind of take it a little early. And that, that's kind of, that wasn't normal. So, um, we continued to hit and of course she kind of, you know, I took a, kind of took a step back and had to get better players out there for her to hit with, but yes, it did start out like that, of course. And, you know, something else that I want to know is, so this is at what age 
is this that you're is this seven or eight right now at this point 10 or 11 10 or 11. right there okay. i think i think the seven and eight was more of, of building her foundation mm-hmm. you know was making sure she was loading right making sure her technique was right her stroke patterns were right um all that small stuff was right and then right around she was she was also competing but her main focus was technique period. And that was a big stickler with her father. It was making sure that she created a solid, fundamentally sound base. And so my second part to that question is, so when you focused on the base, you got the foundation good. You already said she had the competitive drive in there. we know a lot of times when, when juniors start playing tournaments initially, you know, they may take some L's early and that can affect the confidence. Does she get early wins or does she have to kind of build up to starting to win in these uh, competitions and tournaments? She had to build and grind. Um, she didn't just shoot. She didn't just shoot right to the top. Um, no, like a couple other girls that was in our organization. Um, so she had to pay her dues and she had to get out there and, and, and grind and develop and, 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 and I guess get her competitive juices under her. Uh, but let me tell you, once that started, and I think that that actually kicked in right around 13, 14, she started growing a little more. She started getting a little stronger and then that was it. She really shot to the top. And then of course, you know what happened when she was 16, 17, she became one of the top juniors in Southern California. So, right. And Marty, at that point, were you were you going around with Gerald and Maxi, like to some of the local tournaments and uh, and and doing any of, I guess, that junior tournament tour? Of course, everywhere I can get to. I mean, of course, I, you know, I, I had a lot of other kids that I had to support, but every big tournament, um, every tournament that meant something, I made sure I was there and Gerald made sure I was there also. So, <laughs> so it was a long journey. It was a really long journey, but it was, it was well worth it you know, not to, not to skip anything. So one of the things that I've seen about Maxie kind of in her bio that she writes is that it wasn't just a fact that she was a player in your, your Pete Brown program, but it sounded like she was, I don't know, was she doing mentorship or coaching or something as she got older? Well, we always ask all of our, our girls, especially the high achieving girls to come back and bring up uh, kids behind them. So she was always helping in our quick start program, our grassroots program. Um, she was super smart. So of course we had her coming in and doing academic tutoring with some of the other girls that were, that were struggling in certain departments in school. Um, she was a, she was, she mentor. I think the mentoring came easy to her. You know, we basically put her on the court and said, Hey, you know, work with these kids. And then she just kind of took it from there. So um, that came natural for her, but we always ask that of all of our, our kids that we support is to come back and, and, and do that. And she stepped up big time. Nice, nice. And, and, and Marty, just based on what you've seen from her, her progression and, and what she's done now in the collegiate ranks and, uh, you know, kind of scratching the surface, if you will, on the pro tour. Give us your thoughts on, on where you think uh, where you think this is headed. Oh, I, um, you know what? It's, it's funny you mention that because um, it, you know how Gerald is and Gerald makes sure he gets around the best people. So um, we had a two day workout with 
Kamal Murray, which is Sloan Stevens' coach, um, he evaluated Maxie. Um, we all went and said he had a, we had a great hitter. We had a, a top NCAA hitter there that could hit any spot on the court on a dime. Um, some of the rallies were pro level. Well, it's not some of them. All of them were pro level. Um, and the way she took in everything that Kamal told her and took it and, and, and basically took those tools and, and put them right out there and display, basically took those things and went and ran with them right there on the court. And she improved so much over that small time she spent with him, made, made me believe that number one, she could take coaching, that she could accept coaching on that level. Number two is she was able to take that and kind of build up on it. So, so the, the proof was in the pudding there. So I have no doubt. And a couple people that were there were a couple agents. I mean, I'm not going to say the names, but a couple agents were there watching. And we all came to the same agreement that there's nothing but upside for her. It, that is amazing. Yep. So um, I want to, you know, kind of take this in a little bit of a different direction. So uh, with your program, you know, how many kids about, uh, you know, do you have coming through your program um, every year? Well, we service about 100 kids, oh. um, community kids. But out of those 100 kids, of course, all of them not, are not going to want to compete. There's some kids that want to play tennis recreational. Um, there's some kids that want to play with their families. And there's some kids that want a Division One scholarship. And there's some kids that want to compete um, for the dream. Um, so right now we have about 24 kids that are competing for Division One scholarships and that next level. Um, and it was funny because when we started this, we, we wanted it to be our, we ca called it an elite 24 because we just kept getting 24 kids. You know, we kept having, so we said, you know what, let's just name this the elite 24. Mm -hmm. So we have 24 kids that are all competing and, and playing tournaments and, and trying to make that journey. That is awesome. Yeah. And, 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 and Marty, I guess just thinking back to when Maxie was a part of that program was, was that sort of the number that was kind of in that grouping that she, that she was involved with? Cause I'm still thinking about the whole mentoring and how she came back and really helped all of, you know, the, the younger players, if you will. So I'm, I'm just interested in like the numbers, how many people did she deal with? It wasn't that mentoring. It wasn't 24. Okay. She kind of okay. helped us. She, of course she helped us pull in some players. Right, right. Um, she helped us pull in some partners because of her upside. Um, but when Maxie got there, I'd say we had about 12, 10 to 12 kids. And we had about four standout kids. And of course, um, Maxie was one of those standout kids. But a girl that we're really excited about is now uh, top two, 250 in the world. That was in that same pool with Maxie, that same three or four with Maxie. So, um, yes. Um, they did. She did help us build and she did help us get some traction and get some folks excited about what we were doing in this whole environment that we provided for her. So. Now, Marty, most of the people that are listening to this have not seen Maxi play. So from a coach's perspective, how would you describe her game and like, you know, kind of what are her strengths and what is it that she does on the court that's so exemplary? Well, we all know, and I know, I think you've seen her play a bit. You know, she moves incredibly well. 
and her forehand is unbelievable. I mean, if she could set up to hit that forehand, lights are out. Um, great serve, um, excellent quickness, and she's a problem solver. Um, I think she can get out there. She could find tools and she could find ways to win that most girls can't. And she has a finishing shot. That forehand, she could hit winners from pretty where, pretty much anywhere on the court um, off that forehand side. Got to get her backhand a little better, get her backhand a little more offensive. And I think she'll be able to do well on, on tour. But but right now, she has a world-class forehand, for sure. Nice. Any advantages that you see by her being a lefty? Of course, yes. Um, number one, she could pull. She's, she's developed a, a wide serve, as you know. They can pull the girls off the court, and then what happens after that? She finishes with that big forehand. So the one-two punch is there, you know? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yep. And, and it was funny because we actually had – Kamal was working with her on a couple of drills like that. You know, he, 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 I guess he, he, he gave her this test to really see if she really knew where the ball was going because some, some people don't realize. They just react. They don't watch the ball. Um, and she really picked up the ball well. Um in these particular drills he was doing. And these drills were high level drills that top 10 players in the world were doing, you know, of course stuff that, you know, Sloan was doing and some of the other players he was working with at the time. And she performed those at a high level. So um, really excited about her upside fellas. And one more thing that I, I just want to, uh, you know, we mentioned some of the stuff, but it's great hearing it come from someone who was there, watched it, and, you know, has been involved in the coaching. Talk about that run she went on um, where she won the, the consecutive matches and a couple of tournaments in a row. You know, how was she killing it during that time? Well, it, what happened, and there's Gerald again working. Gerald put her in a situation. He knew this, this, this stage was coming, so he put her in an environment, and she worked her behind off fellas um she worked hard um she got sharp she got she things really started coming and i think she hit those tournaments at the right peak really peaked at the right time and went on that incredible run um and showed what could happen if she play if she got on that type of stage consistently and stayed competing like that and stayed working hard consistently what could happen that's why it really in my eyes, it really told me that she solidified to me that she could go, she could make it on tour, especially if she got a, a, a great coaching staff behind her, a physio, a mental guy, you know, all these pieces to the puzzle and actually put her on this progression because um, once she got hot, she was smoking everybody. I mean, she beat some big time players badly. And you know, that forehand was working. She was ripping that thing from everywhere. So the potential's there, and she proved it over that period of time. Right. <laughs> yep. Nice. Well, Marty, my last question for you is: any funny stories that you have about you and 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 Maxie and your interaction? Anything? Anything you want to throw out there? Well, I, I don't know if it's funny, but um, we were at a, an event, and Maxie had to be on the court. She was up late. I think they had they had drove from another state or something, and and. Gerald was outside. We were chatting like we normally do. We talk a lot. Gerald, you know how Gerald is. Gerald talks a lot. So we were in one of these conversations and time was running out. It was no Maxi. 
So they're everybody's they're yelling Maxi, Maxi, and we look up and there's no Maxi. So we run to the car and Maxi's in the car, racked out, sleep, just snoring and calling every hugger you could hear from a mile away. And we're waking her up, waking her up, waking her up. Finally, she gets out. She's like, What? She comes out in her slippers, goes on the court, wins that match in about 50 minutes. Goes back into the, the van again and goes right back to sleep. <laughs> Picked up right where she left off, fellas. So I always tease him about that. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is great funny. story. It was funny because we couldn't get her up, but well, we have done a couple of uh episodes with Gerald, her father. So my final question for you is. What's your funny story with Gerald? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, man, I, I, I know what it, I, well, he may get mad at me, fellas, for this, but <laughs> <laughs> it was the day he showed up. Big tournament, huge tournament. And you know how Gerald is. He works hard. He's sometimes the man doesn't sleep, but and he showed up to the tournament in his bed clothes, pretty much. <laughs> showed up in these old shorts with holes in it, slippers with his toenails uncut, um, feet hanging all over his sandals, um, a torn shirt, and some glasses, and, and his hair not done, and not, <gasps> not brushed. And we're at a huge tournament to take this. So I'm embarrassed, right? And Gerald didn't pay any. Let me tell you, Gerald walked around there like he owned the place. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but to this day, I always tease him. I'm like, okay, so what do you have on? <laughs> Let me know what you have on. If not, I, I can bring you something. <laughs> you know, so I always make sure that at least when we go to these big places, I have an extra sweatsuit or something in the car for him. <laughs> you know. But that yeah, that was funny. it was amazing because I'm looking like who is this homeless guy showing up to play the number one seed here? <laughs> that is awesome. Sorry, Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, our listeners, they, they know him well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, point. yeah. <laughs> oh, Man, Marty, we cannot thank you enough for coming in and sharing, you know, your experiences with, with Mackie and Gerald um, <laughs> with our, our listeners. And, and like Isaac said, yeah, you've, you've got a story yourself to tell that, you know, we're, we're going to come and bring you on and we're going to talk about you uh, one day. But Isaac, any final questions for our thoughts or comments to our, for our guest, Mr. Marty Woods? No, Marty, once again, thank you for the time. We appreciate you. You know you're a brother. So we appreciate the time and uh, we just enjoy our collaboration. We look forward to it. And I appreciate you wearing that merch. I appreciate you representing. You got yes, re to represent, fellas. Have to. All right. Well, Appreciate this opportunity, guys. Thanks a lot. All right. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Marty. And on behalf of the podcast, this is your Spotlight Series. Once again, this is your boy, Bryce. And this is your boy, Isaac. And we are Brothers on Tennis. Everyone, take care. <laughs>